So before I leave Tulip Road, I want to go over a little bit more of my life so that way it's not just this, you know, all sunshine and rainbows kind of story. I definitely grew up in a life of hardship. So my mom, you know, wasn't around a lot and never knew my father. And then when she got married, her and my dad both were alcoholics, I guess, because they both started going to AA classes. My dad went to AA, my mom went to Al-Anon, and I went to Alatine, even though I was only like six years old. And there were times there wasn't enough kids for Alatine, or there weren't enough females for Al-Anon, and so we would all go to AA classes together. So I grew up learning a lot about how not to be an addict, and yet I still came one myself. One of the things that I, I learned in that was that everybody has a story. Everyone comes from some form of hardship and you know, some form or fashion. I don't care if you have all the money in the world, you're not born into perfect happiness. You don't have everything that you truly desire. And a lot of people don't live a fully content, happy life. And whenever you get to hear people from all different walks of life and get to just experience where they're coming from, it gives you a different appreciation of what all that you do have. And one of the best things that I saw with the AA class was when we were done, everybody would go out to eat at Dixie Cafe and everybody would be happy because they had just got all of their burdens, all their struggles, everything off their chest. And we would just all enjoy a good meal together. And that was probably my favorite part about that. But looking back on it, I see that, you know, I was growing up in a struggling family. They were doing their best. My dad worked for the water department. My mom was self-employed. She worked for Mary Kay and sold makeup. And if it was a time of Instagram and Snapchat, then she probably would have been, you know, really, really popular. Because even just going, you know, to church and her friends that she knew, different people that were in the neighborhood, she was one of the top sellers in the area. I remember her and my dad flew out to, I think it was Dallas, and they bought her a car. Like they gave her a car for being one of the top performers. And she had an option between maroon or hot pink. I remember my mom got a maroon Pontiac Grand Dam and had Big Mary Kay sticker on the back. And that's what she did. She, we had a study library kind of room and where books would normally be she just had product like I mean three thousand dollars worth of product and she would just sell product she'd have like kind of like those little Tupperware classes where people would come over they would see what she'd have to offer she would do little makeup routines you know she took pictures like modeled so that way she could demonstrate the makeup for people and seriously if there was you know Facebook Snapchat Instagram she probably would have been even more successful than she was back then. So I was definitely really impressed with mom for that. But my parents still, even though they were both, you know, pretty well off, our house was nice. I think it was, you know, probably paid off. I don't know for sure. I was really young. But it didn't seem like there was a lot to really worry about. And yet they still fought all the time. And I was really surprised that, you know, we didn't, that they didn't get a divorce or anything. Even at my, my young age of us, you know, all just becoming a family. We'd only been a family for, you know, two or three years before we ended up moving to Elkins. But there was already a lot of, a lot of struggle. 
uh, both of them trying not to drink alcohol on a regular basis, trying not to party, trying not to go out. I remember many times where my mom would relapse and my dad and I would be driving, you know, around a place called BJ's, which was a honky tonk, like looking for my mom, trying to see if she was going to come out, if we were going to be able to pick her up, you know, and I remember them fighting, my mom getting out of the car, trying to walk down the streets of Little Rock because she's all mad at my dad for whatever reason. And I remember times when my mom would be mad at my dad because he would have brought a six pack home because my dad's always been a daily drinker. And I mean, like a beer or two a day, but nothing that's like, he's got to get hammered or he's going to be so hungover he calls into work the next morning or anything like that. But to my mom, just even having that alone, like in the house, like she just couldn't handle it. Like if it was there, she was going to drink every single bit of it. She was going to get wasted. And she, you know, always thought dad was being disrespectful by bringing it in. So I don't know the real source of all their fights. Maybe it was disagreeing on how to raise me. But my dad was really firm and my mom wasn't. She was really lax. She would rather talk to me about things, which I feel like helped me in my development. But at the same time, I respected my dad a lot more because there was no bullshit. Like I knew if I did something wrong, if I broke the rules, I would get in trouble. Whereas with my mom, I felt like there was a lot of times I could just talk my way out of things. And I think that talking my way out of things taught me how to manipulate people. And as I got older and I got in relationships myself, I've had people tell me that I was you know, I couldn't be trusted as well because they thought I was just manipulating them to like get my way. And there's a possibility that that's true. I mean, I, I hate that about me, but I think that, you know, a lot of people do that. Like they want to get their way and subconsciously we do what it takes to get our way. But some of the good things about Tulip Road was that when I did all of my chores, my dad would give me $3 a week I would take my money and I learned how to save it like really early. I knew that, you know, I always had a food on the table. I always had a roof over my head. I had my lunch. I had everything I needed. So I would save my money. And I remember buying myself roller skates, buying my mom some roller skates. I bought a basketball goal. And then my dad built me a backboard. And I had like one of the only basketball goals on the street. So all the kids would come play basketball in my backyard, even though it was just dirt. We dribbled that ball so much that we killed all the grass around the tree that it was nailed up to. And by the time I was about, I'd say like six and a half, seven maybe, my dad got me a, a bow and arrow. I had a pellet gun. I was already learning how to you know, shoot rifles and how to hunt. I mean, I lived a campers, like outdoorsman, like, you know, lifestyle pretty much always. I had a pocket knife when I was about six or seven years old. Like I said, I was a a Boy Scout, well, not Boy Scout at the time, I think it was like a Cub Scout, like Tiger Cubs or something. But I was I was all about it. I was all about going outdoors. And my dad was all about that I was about that too. So like I said, every Friday we'd go on a camping trip to Lake Washita. I had all of my stuff just like my dad did, but it was obviously at a smaller scale. I was like, love shooting my bow. I'd shoot it almost every single day in the backyard. I wanted to be like Robin Hood. And then right before we moved from Tulip Road, one of my last nights there, I remember I got to stay the night at my friend's house, Kelly, down the street. And um, we set up a tent in her living room. 
and it was it was really cool. I never got to like stay the night at a friend's house like that before, and it was really interesting. But then shortly after, we moved away to Elkins, Arkansas, and we had bought a two-story house in the middle of the country in Hazel Valley. It was not too far from the National Forest. My dad always wanted to live surrounded by the National Forest, so that way he could go hunt really easily. It was growing up in southwest Little Rock to go hunting. My dad would have to drive, you know, an hour or two, even though sometimes he was part of hunting clubs that were really close to the suburbs. It's uh, being connected to the National Forest just lets you feel like you, you have a lot more freedom. And so I, I definitely see the purpose for doing that. I wanted to live by the National Forest too. I still would like to live surrounded by National Forest. I like that goal of my father's. But we would travel to go hunt. And once we had moved to Elkins, we didn't have to anymore. We could just go right down the street, walk into the woods. But our house had, let's see, two acres around the house. We had a waterfall that ran down next to the driveway. We had a fireplace. We had so many things that just made it awesome. Deer in the backyard every day. We had three acres down the, like the road split our five acres, the road that we drove up to to go to our house. So on the lower three acres, it was actually connected to the White River. And so as a kid, before I would, in Little Rock, I would have to be home when the streetlights came on. Well, out there, there was hardly any streetlights. And I was allowed to go down the road almost all the way to the National Forest and play in the, the first bridge of the White River. And then there was another bridge of the White River closer to my house. So I had like two bridges that I could go by and I'd go fishing on. And then as long as I you know, stayed somewhat within earshot, like my dad could whistle like super duper loud. And so if he whistled, I had to come like immediately. I only had like a few minutes to get there once he whistled. And so as long as I made it back, you know, and I was home by dark and I ate dinner and everything, still did my chores, did my homework, still got to live that free range parent life. But just like in Little Rock, you know, being picked on for being a minority, being a white kid in, you know, predominantly black school, Southwest Little Rock, once I got to uh, Elkins, even though I had grown up in Little Rock, what I thought was country, I listened to country music, I wore cowboy boots, I went hunting all the time. I like cowboy hats. I had a Texas, you know, Texas bow tie thing going on. I always wore button up shirts and stuff. And I mean, I just thought that I was as country as can be. I always wanted to be country. And I move out to Elkins and I get called a city slicker like all the time. Like it was hard to get accepted until I started playing baseball. And then I was part of a team. But up until that point, it was just nonstop getting picked on. And it, it sucked. It was like, man, you go out of the frying pan into the fire. So either way, life's going to be tough. And I, you know, I really ended up enjoying all the struggles that I had. Our house that we had bought was a lemon. Uh, it flooded the whole basement on the regular. Then my parents definitely got took by the real estate company. We were supposed to have well water and the well didn't work. So we would have to fill up these 500 gallon drums down at the spring and haul the water back and fill it up in our well so we would have water. My mom caught the the flu of the chimney on fire one time when my dad was in Fayetteville and we had our whole house get smoked out because our 
chimney was on fire and one of the neighbors saw it and came over. We were on the roof, you know, pouring water down the chimney, trying to put the fire out, running the water hose through. Uh, finally, the fire department made it. My dad made it. He was a volunteer fire fighter himself. And so we we had a lot of hardship growing up out there in the country. But it was awesome to let the dogs run, to set rabbit traps and catch rabbits. Like I definitely had a life. I had a great experience living out there. And then my parents, you know, continued to fight. And my mom and dad were going through a hard time. And I think that we decided to leave that house because of how hard it was. And my mom was going to college here in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And so she was driving to and from every day. My dad was pretty much working in Fayetteville. I don't remember exactly what happened between them, but I know that my mom and I ended up moving into Carlson Terrace. I think my dad might have lived with us for a little bit at first, but he was he traveled a lot for work too, so it was hard to tell whenever he wasn't there because they were fighting and when he wasn't there for work. But either way, we'd gone from living in Elkins to Fayetteville. I guess before we left Elkins, one last thing is that uh, on the baseball team, our baseball team was state champions two years in a row. That was a lot of fun. I think the sign's still up in Elkins from my graduating class. Well, would have been my graduating class. I left Elkins after being there for two years. Started going to Fayetteville, you know, in uh, I think it was fourth grade. And so I had spent like, you know, a little bit of time in Elkins, part of my third grade year, part of my fourth grade year. I think I was there for both baseball seasons, but that's about it. And then started life in Fayetteville, living on a college campus. It was definitely interesting, and I'll save that for another story. As always, one love.